Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to Nuanez Now. Maybe watching Nuanez Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide on SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuanez. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, is here with me as he is each and every Tuesday. If you missed anything in the first hour of the show, check it out in the podcast. The podcast is available on all your various podcast hosting platforms. You can also go to our station website, 1029ESPN.com. Podcast proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, as well as the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. If you want to give us a call, you certainly can, or you can text us, 406-361-3688. That's 361-3688. All guests join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line, and that is where we go now. Every other Tuesday, we do a segment called The Business Angle with Justin Angle. He is a professor of business at the University of Montana Business School, and he joins us every other Tuesday to take a look at the overlay between sports and and business. Justin, how you doing? What's going on? Do we have any birthdays to celebrate this week? <laughs> we're through all the birthdays, so um, that's good. Uh, but now we're doing well, just plugging away. It seems like spring might be here. Um, yeah, what's new with you guys? Well, you know, it seems like additions and subtractions all the way across <laughs> the board. We learned about a Grizz football game that's happening uh, in the spring mm-hmm. on April 17th, but also some basketball games that have been canceled, and that's uh, less than ideal. But we trudge forward. We will be uh, headed to Boise next week for the Big Sky Basketball Tournament, so that will be fun. Uh, even if it will be different, it will certainly be <laughs> fun to at least be in a place watching 
live sports. Let's dive into a couple different talking points. First of all, I think this is fascinating. The NFL and the TV rights deal, uh, it is a huge negotiation every time this comes up. And the numbers that are thrown out each time that the contracts are renewed are, quite honestly, staggering. The amount that this has grown over the last 20-plus years has just been uh, completely mind-boggling. And we've seen it in the way that the NFL was covered all year long. I think every single network out there that had any rights to the NFL they were doing nothing but saying glowing things about the NFL and praising the NFL for how well they handled the COVID-19 pandemic because they're all trying to be in the mix to land this contract. So break this down a little bit for us, though. What are you seeing on the horizon here in terms of who might have the rights to carry the NFL? Yeah, I mean, it was interesting. Back in October, I mean, I think we talked about that Denver Broncos game where they could barely field a team and the notion that like the, there were, the NFL was putting an inferior product on the field and on television was maybe undermining the value of the asset and what the networks were sort of willing to pay for it. But, um, you know, we certainly saw that turnaround completely. Successful end of the season, no cancellations, um, solid ratings and if you think of it if you think about it from a content standpoint i mean live events sports in particular are are one of the really unique and rare assets uh, that still exist in entertainment Uh, and football in particular if you think about how that season is structured 16 regular season games they have the benefit of scarcity I mean, baseball's got so many games, basketball, so many games. Football, it's a short season. There's only one game a week for each team. So it's it's a really sort of scarce asset. And we see that with these deals. I mean, you know, the the part, whatever, the players um, in these deals right now, the networks in the NFL aren't really talking, but we're hearing numbers like, you know, 2 billion and 2.6 billion. And it's looking like, Disney is going to emerge as the player that gets the Super Bowl. And the Super Bowl goes back on NBC. Monday Night Football likely to stay on ESPN. And, um, you know, I think it's been since like 2006 that the Super Bowl was on ABC. Uh, so that's going to be a change. But we've talked about Disney a few times in, in, our, in our business angle segments. You know, Disney's really well positioned to think about creative ways to distribute this content. I mean, what they did a few months ago with with saying that all of their feature films are going to go straight to Disney Plus in conjunction with selective theatrical release. I mean, that's that's kind of a revolutionary move in entertainment distribution. Could we see some interesting things with how the NFL product gets distributed? I don't know. There's not enough detail about it yet. But if anybody's going to shake it up, it seems like Disney would be would be a um, be a candidate to do that. We know that it's going to be shaken up in one form or fashion, just continuing to evolve. I think that's a great word to to describe talking about these NFL rights deals and how much they really are worth now. And Justin, just for perspective for all the listeners out there, I mean, how much have these deals grown astronomically over the past decade, over the past two decades, even three decades? I mean, we're talking 30 years ago when sports was on television. It's much different than it is now. There's a bunch of players that are in play and the numbers just seem video game like as far as how much these packages are going for for so i guess just from a perspective standpoint how much have these television deals grown over the past decade two decades and then some 
Yeah, I mean, they've doubled and tripled in value. The numbers they're getting thrown around are, are astronomical, and that, that correlates well with the value of these franchises. Franchises. These franchises are well into the billions, and you know there, there's kind of no end in sight. Um, particularly if you think about it, like I said before, this is such a scarce asset, right? Live events are one of the only things that people are willing to sort of sit down and tune into. You know, when the event tells them they have to, we're so accustomed to streaming whatever we want whenever we want it. And so live events are really the only time where that power is on the hands of the, the supply side, the supplier. And then again, like there's so few games. And I know the NFL has talked about adding games to the season. That seems like, you know, from, from, from the latest I sort of checked on that, that it was, it was a bit of a dead issue. So 16-game season seems to be fairly fixed. And I think that is, is really smart from a monetary standpoint for the NFL because they really have an asset that's in high demand and is in scarce supply, and they can kind of dictate terms in a lot of ways. Listening to Nuanez now on 1029 ESPN Missoula as well as on SWX Montana Television. Justin Angle joining us. He does this every other Tuesday. It is The Business Angle presented by Blackfoot Communications. Let's talk about the Amazon side of this thing, Justin. I I don't know why I did this, but I decided that I was going to read a series of dystopian novels during the pandemic. So I read 1984 (laughs) and I read A Brave New World and I've gotten myself completely... Uh, tripped out on uh, the parallels that exist in our modern day lives. But I digress. I'm sitting here thinking, though, that there, I might live in a world someday where Amazon runs everything that I possibly have or need in my life. How does this parlay then into television? Because this seems as if Amazon, if they make a huge bid for to be involved in the NFL in any form or capacity, particularly Thursday Night Football, this could be an utter game changer in a lot of different ways. Yeah, I mean, this term disruption gets thrown around a lot in business. Um, And I think what we're seeing potentially with Amazon moving into the NFL is is real disruption. Um, So let's kind of break that down a little bit. I mean, it's looking like Thursday night football is going to be exclusively available on Amazon Prime. Now you could get uh, you could get Thursday night football games available on Prime this this last season, but it was available other through other channels as well. But if you think about that. Like now Amazon has this content exclusively. You know, cable TV is being disrupted. The networks are being disrupted. This is competition for eyeballs and attention, and Amazon is winning. And then you take the backdrop of what's happened over pandemic is Amazon has just, their, their market cap has doubled during this time. And so they, they have more cash and resources and a bigger war chest than anybody. And they can make tremendous investments in technology. And one thing that Amazon is good at and relentlessly focused on is delivering a great customer experience, right? And so if you think about it, like, you could change the customer experience of watching a football game quite a bit, particularly if you're a company like Amazon that doesn't have to sell advertising time, right? The business model for all the other companies is they have to sell advertising time. Well, if you're a prime customer, prime customers avoid a lot of that advertising. Amazon isn't necessarily dependent on that advertising revenue. They could monetize this in completely different ways. It could change the entire um, kind of experience of watching a game. 
Games could be faster. They could, you know, fewer TV station breaks, less advertising, better experience for for the for the for the viewer in many ways that we can't even think about. I mean, they can buy the best uh, analytical talent, the best announcers, all these things. They have more resources than any player in this marketplace. So I think it's going to be really interesting um, to see, you know, th- how this plays out and. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if 10 years from now, Amazon's the dominant player in how the NFL is, is viewed and consumed by, by, by the fans. It's totally amazing to think about because when you really put it in perspective, with the amount of race, resources that they have, Amazon could essentially, without, without tangibly, but essentially could buy the NFL. And they could mm-hmm. they could change every, I mean they could change every single element of the way that it's consumed. So my question is: Is there a slippery slope here? Because it seems on one hand, okay, they built the capital, they have the capital, that is what it is. It's capitalism in America, so you're allowed to do it. And I do think it could improve the product in a lot of different ways. But what happens if we then have streamed games with little to no commercials that? Or I guess, is there a danger here if Amazon is only advertising for itself? Like, how does that work in terms of the structure of monopolies? And is there a danger there? Because it seems as if Amazon controlled the entire stream and then there was no interruptions through commercials or media timeouts. They could do nothing but promote their own products. Is that a good or a bad thing? Oh, 100%. There's a ton of risk, right? They, they, they own the rails, so then they can do what they want. So, you know, one, they can kind of control, you know, the, the voice of advertising. But two, I mean, think about this mechanism that is prime. Like by getting so many people, I think last last time this was measured, it was like 80% of households in the United States are Amazon Prime um, members. I mean, it's essentially an IQ test. How, how how good a deal Amazon Prime makes sense as as a consumer. So we all pay this, you know, hundred bucks or so every year, and that gives Amazon kind of this embedded advantage in that you know so many of us just go to Amazon assuming we're going to get the best price, and we don't even check it versus other vendors because we just sort of assume that Amazon's known for a low price and a good good customer experience, and so they're able to kind of pick off margin on so many items because they know that consumers aren't going to check elsewhere. So that's like a subtle expression of this monopoly power. And you can see it playing out in interesting ways with the NFL. I mean, they're going to be able to get, you know, if they're competing against other games for share, right, for viewership, and they can deliver a game without advertisements. I'm going to want to watch that game more than I'm going to want to watch a game on CBS that stops, you know, every five minutes for an ad. The the experience on Amazon is going to be better, and they can afford to deliver that. So more of the traffic is going to go that way. And as that, you know, it it might be a better experience, but with that, as you said, Coulter, comes a tremendous amount of power for a company like that, tremendous control over our attention, uh, over what we see, over what we have access to buying. Uh, You know, I don't want to go down that dystopian uh, rabbit hole that you went down (laughs) with the books you've been reading, but, like, I think we're seeing a lot of that possibility with how big these companies are, um, how much control of our... Uh, you know, of every transaction we make um, flows 
the percentage of, of money that flows through Amazon or an Amazon Web Services product is, is tremendous. You mentioned the experience, Justin, and, and I think that another question stemmed from that, not only watching a game with no commercials. I mean, that obviously would be at the top of the list, but with what the NFL is kind of transitioned to, right, why are some people watching? Well, number one, the gambling aspect of it, and I think number two, the fantasy sports aspect of it. So when they're going through these new rights deals, how much of that might be a factor of just being innovative, that something that Amazon, hey, we can provide something that just hasn't been there before, or maybe you're going to see a broadcast that in a normal quote unquote commercial break it could be rolling through some fantasy stats and gambling angles too because that's just the name of the game with where they're at right now how much of that maybe is a factor in all this when talking about the experience of what they could do in these tv rights deals i think it's a big factor i mean you look at the the sort of boon to the nfl that fantasy football has been and you know gambling and various levels i mean these pro leagues try to keep an arm's length from gambling to some degree although i think you know with 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 uh the team in vegas now it's, it's a little less of an arm's length than it's been but yeah i mean i think that could play a big uh, role and you know i don't really know what kind of a presence amazon has in the gambling space but if you think about it like there's another area where they could just kind of buy the rails like they could they could buy these websites i mean exactly if they, they can, if they continue traffic. to if they continue to accumulate capital at the rate they're con- they're, they're accumulating it it's not infeasible that they could buy everything <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's probably limits. Like, they're not going to buy Facebook or Apple or Google, but like, <laughs> right. it is sort of feeling like we're we're getting down to a pretty small number of companies uh, owning almost 100 percent of every dollar spent in our economy. Is there something to be learned from history? Because we've been down this road before in America. You know, probably uh, I guess 150 years ago now. But um, I mean, th- there was there was these giant monopolies when it came to. Mm-hmm. Uh, the railroad industry and steel and things like that. So, I mean, is that a worry? I mean, do we need to remember the past as we march towards the future? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a, there's a couple of differences there. Like one, how antitrust law has developed and has been sort of interpreted and enforced through the courts. You know, that's changed over time. You know, r- right now we're in kind of a legal regime where the key kind of trigger to sort of impose an antitrust action is harm to the customer. And the way that harm to the customer is conceived is in terms of higher prices. And so right now with you know Amazon in particular, we don't see evidence of higher prices. If anything, prices have gone down. Now I said before, like Amazon can kind of pick off margin on certain areas, but it's not gratuitous. It's not like they are you know the standard oil of old and can jack up the price of oil because they're a monopolist. That's not how they're sort of exerting their monopoly power. The same could be true with, you know, the Facebooks of the world. You know, they, they don't really charge a price. They charge a price to advertisers, um, but there's no evidence that that, that price is, um, the price for advertising is anti-competitive. The monopoly advantage that these companies um, sort of enjoy is based on the data itself, what they know about all of us and their ability to take that information and either service with ads for things that we maybe didn't know we wanted, or um, engineer an experience that is just superior to an experience we can get elsewhere. They're sort of able to, like you take Netflix, for example, they're able to just, they, they know us so well through our buying habits 
that they can serve us better content uh, that, that we want. And so from a consumer harm standpoint, I think there, it's going to be a hard you know, antitrust case to make. Um, we'll see how, you know, I'm sure, uh, I don't know. I mean, there's likely to be a case against Amazon at some point. We've got the Facebook and Google cases in play right now. The Biden Justice Department, it seems like they're going to continue with those cases. We haven't heard much about it in the transition. But how those two cases go could be a bellwether for, for how um, a potential case against Amazon goes. Listen to a business angle presented by Blackfoot Communications. Justin Angle joining us as he does each and every other Tuesday here on Nuanas Now. And Justin, I could talk about this forever. I don't know why I'm so obsessed with falling to the bottom of the rabbit hole, but we're not going to do that. Instead, I want you to tell me something that's going to make me happy. We talked about GameStop okay. on this show a couple <laughs> weeks ago, and I think that the phenomenon that it, that it was and is is fascinating. It spills over into the sports world because of the, the various platforms that some of these big-time sports media personalities, specifically Dave Portnoy, have uh, at Bar- Barstool Sports. And so to fill people in that weren't paying attention or maybe missed this, GameStop, it was basically going to be a short sell. The stock was bottoming out. And then because of a Reddit message board, the stock then exploded. And it was kind of the common man's... Um, Middle finger to the hedge fund, so to speak, right, and, but right. then it then it uh, then it falls off, and then the the stock is crashing again. But this last week, I I just I bought a, a share of this when this happened, just to be along for the ride. And I just re- to say you did. That's right. And I I didn't care if I if I made money or if I lost money. I just wanted to be along for the ride. I just bought one single share, and. Uh, the other day, I was looking at my thing, and it's like, oh, this thing's gone up like 200% in the last couple of days. So, Justin Phillipson, what's going on? How come this is making a resurgence all of a sudden? Oh, gosh. You know, I don't know. I, I think it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's wild. I mean, the stock went up to back in January or early February, went up to like 468, then it went back down into the, you know, to the 20s again. And now, as I checked it last week, it was up to 177. You know, the most likely explanation is kind of some randomness um, in the market. There are, there's some speculation that there's activist investors are are involved. And what an activist investor is, is somebody who takes a large position in a company and then tries to use that position to exert influence on how the company is managed. the CFO, so a, 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 an activist investor took a position. Shortly thereafter, the CFO, the chief financial officer, left. It was reported that that individual was maybe you know less progressive about the company evolving its business model. So there's some talk that you know maybe they're going to take advantage of all this market capitalization and use that you know that equity in a way to make some investments in in digital transformation. It's I think that's a stretch. Like I, I think <laughs> I don't think GameStop really has what it takes from a managerial stops uh, chops standpoint to to really compete with uh, the big players in this category. What's most likely happened is you know there was reports that. Some investors were speculating with options. They were buying call options. And what a call option is, it's an option to buy a stock, or it could be a bond or some other security. But it's an, in this case, it's an option to buy a stock in the future at a specified price on a specified date. So people were buying, a big order for call options came in at 800 bucks a share. So somebody spent a couple cents per share for the option to buy GameStop at some future date for 800 bucks a share. 
So that's basically a bet that as that date approaches, that GameStop is going to go way up above 800. And so if you paid a couple cents per share for that option, GameStop goes up to 1,000 per se, then you have the option to buy it at 800 and you can sell it at 1,000 because that's where the market is and you can make 200 bucks a share where you only spent a couple cents per share um, for that unlikely outcome. Right. Well, if you think about it, like somebody has to be on the other side of that trade. If I'm a trader and I'm making a market and somebody's buying a call option for me, like I'm now exposed because what if that price goes up to a thousand? I've made a commitment that that person I've sold the option to can buy the stock for me. So I have to kind of cover myself and that's called hedging. And in this case, it's, it's specifically called a gamma hedge. So if I'm the trader who made the market, I need to go out and buy some of this stock. Well, I don't have to, but it's smart for me to go buy some of this stock. So that's kind of the best wisdom about what's, or the best guess at maybe what's happening is that there's some, there was some options being bought, some traders that made these trades had to go out and cover these options. So they bought up some of the stock. And, um, you know, I don't know how the Reddit community maybe jumped on some of that momentum, but yeah, we're, we're back up a little bit. Is GameStop is GameStop worth 177 a share? I doubt it, um, but it's certainly been fun to uh, pay attention to. And like I said before, a couple, three, four weeks ago, like this has been a gift for uh, for business school professors because I, you know, I could build my entire semester class around what's happening with the stock. No doubt about it. Justin Angle joining us. It is a business angle. We do this every other Tuesday during the five o'clock hour here on Nuanas Now. And Justin, you have a fancy new billboard right by my house, which promotes your great <laughs> podcast, a new angle podcast. So I get to see you and wave at you every day now as I'm going up Russell. Uh, but the new angle is a great podcast featuring great interviews with just cool people from around Montana doing cool things. And the uh, interview you did today, very cool. This is something we have helped to promote a lot because this is something that really means a lot to me. Uh, Robin Selvig was definitely a huge influence in my career as a young journalist. That was my first beat as a young reporter when I was working at the student newspaper and then uh, helping out the Missoulian. And uh, Coach Selvig was all class. He taught me so much about the game. And now there's a fantastic documentary out the house that Rob built. And so you had a chance to catch up with Coach Selvig as well as Megan Harrington, the co-director of this film. So tell us just a little bit more about uh, your upcoming New Angle podcast. Yeah, it was a really special conversation earlier today. You know, Megan is a sister of a colleague of mine. Mike Harrington is a professor in the College of Business. And, you know, Coach Selvig was such uh just such an institution at the University of Montana. I mean, I didn't overlap with him for too much, um, about four years before he retired, but had so many of his players in class and just just an awesome group of women and a fantastic story. And so it was great to kind of learn about this film, how it came together. I would encourage everybody to see the film. You can go to the website. I think it's the house that Rob built movie.com and, and there's links to stream it from there. Uh, it's a special film and it's made, you know, the film was made by special people and it was really fun to, to kind of dig into some of those themes um, and some of the stories. Uh, I, I can't get that episode of a new angle out until early April. So it'll be a, a, a few weeks before we, we, we can hear it. But um, yeah, I'm still kind of buzzing from that interview because it was, it was pretty special. We have all sorts of podcasts for you. We're keeping you educated and entertained. We got Nuanas now. We got Inside the Den with Riley Corker. We also got uh, a new angle. We have the business angle. We do this into a podcast. And Justin, you also now next week, 
very exciting. Drop the Fireline podcast as well. So just briefly tell people a little bit more about this one as well. Yeah, Fireline, it is a deep dive in the wor- into the world of wildfire. It's a six-part series about what wildfire means for us here in the West, our planet, and our way of life. And uh, this was made in conjunction with Montana Public Radio. Um, episode one drops next week. Um, you can find it at firelinepodcast.org or just shoot, uh, search for Fireline, one word, in any of the podcast players. We're super stoked about it. Uh, it's been a new form of uh, podcasting for me, like fully edited narrative podcast with all kinds of production effects. I'm working with two young, hungry journalists on this. And, um, yeah, I, I think it's it's coming together beautifully. You're really proud of it. And, uh, yeah, if, if, if folks have a chance to listen and want to let us know what you think, uh, I'm all ears because um, uh, this has been a pretty exciting project. Very exciting. We're stoked for you, definitely. And uh, we will – I'm definitely going to listen to this thing, and uh, we'll, we will fill you in. i got a big drive coming up to and from Boise, Idaho. So plenty of time, plenty of windshield time. To- we appreciate you doing that, by the way, Justin, releasing this before Coulter That's and I right. have to drive That's to Boise right. and go That's to right. Indianapolis so we can, we can listen. I'm here to please. I'm here to please. <laughs> That's exactly right. Justin, we appreciate it. It is a business angle presented by Blackfoot Communications. We do it every other Tuesday here on Nuanas Now. And Justin, we'll catch up with you here in a couple weeks. Thanks so much for coming on, man. See you, fellas. Be well. Got to get out. Brian Katz, the head coach for the Sacramento State Hornets. One of the veteran coaches in the Big Sky Conference will join us next right here on 1029 ESPN Missoula as well as statewide SWX Montana Television. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. What's up, everybody? Thanks so much for listening. You're tuned in to Nuanez Now, your one-stop shop for all things sports across the great state of Montana each and every weekday right here on 1029 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide on SWX Montana Television. Want to get a hold of us, you want to shoot us a text or give us a call, you can do it by dialing 406-361-3688. That's 361-3688. All guests join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. If you want to listen to the show live on your mobile devices, you can also do that. All you have to do is go to 1029ESPN.com, click on the Listen Live tab, and you will find the stream. The stream is presented by Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your op- your opportunity. And it's time now for our Coach's Corner, presented by Opportunity Bank of Montana. And we go to the Rangish Brothers RV phone line and welcome in Brian Katz. He's the head coach at Sacramento State, longtime head coach at Sacramento State. His team slated to play Montana State this weekend to wrap up the regular season. And, Coach, we haven't talked to you so far this year, but we always love having you on the show. Welcome back. Thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate you having me on. It's always a lot of fun. 
Let's talk about the Big Sky in general this year. We make a big effort to talk about the fun and the positive parts of what, what we've been going through here the uh, the last couple of years. Because I think everybody I think everybody's been pretty tired of talking about the bad parts. So let's talk about the good things. So uh, you have been in the league now for a long time. So what what is this your overall evaluation of the league this year? It seems like it's a much different league than it's been the last couple of years with a lot of new faces on a lot of new teams. You know, I've always thought the league was pretty similar uh, each year, meaning there's a lot of, I call it, like teams or alike teams. Now, this is kind of how I would, I would uh, say it this year. I, you know, I felt like from the beginning, Eastern Washington and uh, Southern Utah, are, I think they're a little better than everybody else. And then I think after that, I think everybody's pretty equal. And, um, you know, for me, I've always seen the big sky that way. The example I always give is it's, not the WCC where the difference between Gonzaga and everybody else is from here to the moon. And so, you know, there, there's just, there's so much parity. There always has been in this conference. So I, I do think I thought early on that in watching tape that Southern Utah and Eastern Washington were a little bit better, but, but that doesn't mean they're invincible by any stretch. And this season's been crazy for more reasons than one coach, but I want to get your take on a veteran of the league 13 years as the coach of Sac State is what you think of this format this year and really the impact that it's had. What has it been like for coaches like yourself and assistants that have been with you for a while that you grind after that Thursday game and the adjustments are so interesting to see for both coaches for Saturday. What has it been like your thoughts, I guess, in general on this format and the, the grind in between the two games? You know, you'll laugh. I like it, and I never thought I would, and I'll tell you why I like it. Here's the deal. Normal year, right? Let's say we play Montana, Montana State, all right, in that order. You spend Sunday to Thursday working on Montana, all right? Then you play them. You spend Friday, a day and a half, on Montana State. So it's five days on the first game, the Thursday game, day and a half on the second game. What I like about it now, you got a clear half you know you're focused on montana state this weekend thursday saturday the game's over on thursday certainly you're going back to film making adjustments it becomes even more like playing chess now this would never ever happen in a traditional format because everybody would want to you know play each team once at home once away but i don't mind it at all i actually kind of like it you always feel like you're you're really playing from behind after the Thursday game, you know, you're, you're, it's almost like you're, you're, you spend five days again on a Thursday team and you spend a day and a half on the Saturday team. That's just me. I know Travis doesn't agree with me. I talked to Travis about it. He goes, nah, I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think many people maybe would agree with Travis on yeah, yeah, too no, when it comes to it. It is an interesting factor. Coach, I want to ask you a question about roster construction right now in the Big Sky because I, I sort of had this epiphany when I was covering Montana State against Weber State in Ogden about a month ago, when they announced the starting lineups, I realized there's only one player on the floor that was a high school recruit playing for his team. Everybody else on the floor was a transfer of some form, whether it was a Division One transfer or a junior college transfer. And I know it's sort of become the way of the world, and, and it's the state of Division One basketball right now. But you yourself, you have such a deep junior college background, and I know you guys have always had uh, great junior college players on your roster. So what is your perspective just on sort of the state of affairs when it comes to transfers right now, both in the big sky and just across Division One men's college basketball? Well, I think everybody saw it coming. It, it's, it's first of all, starts way back down below it, it culture of basketball, you know, AAU teams, high school teams, kids change teams pretty routinely. Uh, and then 
you know, when you go ahead and you see the way the transfer rules are going, where they're, where basically the NCAA is allowing, they want to make it, 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 it able for anyone to move anywhere at any time. So that's going to be the way it goes. And it's just, it's called, you know, adapt or die. It's just the way it goes. Now, we haven't taken a lot of transfers over the year, ironically, over the years. But we, we actually have three on our roster this year. And uh, they're all three pretty good players. So I, I just think it's just the way of the world. I, I think that's the way it's going. And, um, you know, I, I laugh because <laughs> everybody tried to tell me early in the year, oh, Weaver, that's not going to work out with all those transfers. And I said, I wouldn't bet against Randy Ray. You'll get burned. Don't do that. <laughs> and of course, look at him. <laughs> that's a heck of a team, I'll tell you. We had two dogfights with him this weekend. Uh, they're a really good team. As good as, good as teams I've seen him have, you know. And really close on Saturday, 72-70 to 70 was the final. It came down to the final couple shots. We're ta- talking with Brian Katz, the longtime head coach at Sacramento State in his 13th year at the helm. He's the winningest coach in school history. He's a native of Sacramento, but coach, I, I want to go into the other piece of this. You're the Sacramento State grad. There's a very exclusive list out there, and in fact, it's something that you have common with the two Montana coaches up here in our state. You three are the only three, you, Danny Sprinkle and Travis DeCure, that are coaching at your alma mater in the Big Sky conference so just from a broad scope what does it mean from a pride standpoint of of you being invested in the program because when i watch you coach on the other sideline you are invested for 40 minutes and when i watch coach Dakir, it's the same thing it just seems like it's a different level at least from my chair what's it like from your perspective for the pride of coaching at your alma mater you know to put it in perspective even more uh my rsid brian york texted me something in the fall there's 35 coaches total, I think even in Division Two and one that are coaching at their alma mater. I mean, 35, think that. That's not very many. And what I would just say is this, is that I think that, number one, what you, what you get when you get someone who, who is from uh, Sacramento State or from Montana, Montana State, you certainly get, uh, in my, my opinion, they come in way ahead of the curve. They understand the culture. They understand what works, what has worked, what hasn't worked. I also think what you really see is, is a real investment into, you know, the whole deal. Uh, certainly Travis having played there, huge. Danny having played at Montana State. Problem with me is I'm, I'm old enough to remember those guys and they played and I was coaching. So, you know, I mean, I'm way behind a curveball on that deal. But, uh, no, I, I think, like, just in my, my situation, you know, like, Having gone to school here, having lived in Sacramento all but six years of my life, you certainly you're going to dig in harder. You're going to dig deeper. You're going to feel more pride about it. You're going to be you're, you're certainly not looking at a stepping stone. Not that guys couldn't, you know, take another job. But if you look at it, uh, going back in time, Montana's done it better than anybody. Always, you know, keeping it within the family and handed it off to the assistants and the success speaks for itself speaks for itself. That's why I thought Danny Sprinkle was a great hire for Montana State. I really believe that. And coach, you lead me right into it because it's very unique in the college basketball landscape anymore where you have continuity with your assistants. And all three of your assistants have been with you for a decade. Brandon Laird, your associate head coach, assistant coaches Chris Walker and Nate Smith. What is that how much of a benefit is that for you from the head coach's chair? And what's it like? I'm sure you guys have Plenty of stories, the four of you working together for 10 years or more. That has to be pretty special and something that uh, you're happy with. Well, my ops guy, too, uh, A.J. Riding, played for me, and he's been here 12 years. So let's say five of us, 10 years or more. I'll just say say this way. It's like I always give these guys a bad time. I say, well, how's prison without bars? You know, <laughs> <laughs> you guys are doing 
you you guys are doing hard hard time. Uh, you know what? It, it, it's tremendous, uh, and they all have a Sacramento connection as well. They're all from Sacramento, uh, and so you know, really, ultimately. Uh, when the staff is in sync, they speak the same language, the same culture. They can recruit to you. Uh, your preparation is seamless. You know, it's just, it's it's really, really good. You're not struggling to uh, orient new coaches to, that really don't have any background with you and all the above. So it's really good. And I think the big thing is the players benefit because there's a consistent message. And I think that's really, really important in coaching. I really do. Brian Katz joining us, 13th year head coach for the Sacramento State Hornets. And coach, I know that uh, it's always tenuous previewing upcoming matchups because we never know what's going to happen. That's why we like having coaches on on Tuesdays because the interviews are a little bit more pertinent just because nothing has gotten called off usually by that point. But regardless, <laughs> tentatively, you guys are scheduled to play Montana State this weekend. So uh, in Danny Springle's second year, Bobcats have a, a new look compared to what they've looked like in previous years. So what's your overall just impression of Montana State? You know, I think they're really good. I really do. You know, I know they hit a little rough spot, but I think that happens to everybody. We're a little bit of that ourselves. But uh, they, they, they they hit a hard hard patch in the schedule. But, you know, the kid 13 down low is just a load, my goodness gracious. And, you know, the, the left-handed kid number five, uh, you know, look at me, I'm Mr. Number, right? I don't want names. It's a mean. I'm really, Jabril, Jabril, 13, I, I, know, I know numbers. Well, believe me, I know numbers. And... Uh, my little guy, Bishop number one, wow, is he lightning in a bottle? He is. I just sit there and marvel at watching him. I go, oh, my God, how, how's he going to get this shot off, much less get in? And he's just so creative and innovative around the basket. And, oh, my God, don't leave him open. And, um, you know, they got a real good team. Uh, they got some depth. Uh, a little bit of a rough spot. But, you know, Danny does a great job. Um, you know, they, they defend. Uh, they make it real difficult for you. They change your defense a little bit, play some one through one. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's going to be a handful. It'll be a handful. Uh, I, it wouldn't, look, it wouldn't shock me if you told me they end up winning the tournament or we end up winning the tournament or Montana end up winning the tournament or whoever. I just I think there's just not that much difference between these teams. I really don't. It's going to be wild in Boise again, talking with Brian Katz, longtime head coach at Sacramento State. His team getting ready to take on Montana State in Bozeman, hopefully this weekend, with Boise on the horizon next week. I'm going to talk about your team a little bit. You have a, a three-headed attack offensively, Coach, with Ethan Esposito, Bryce Fowler, as well as Christian Terrell. You can, it has to be nice to have those multiple options offensively. How would you say maybe your team's identity changed a little bit this year? When I watched your squad have Having the three-point threat of a William Fitzpatrick, it seemed like you guys retooled a little bit offensively in your eyes and in your words. Uh, how would you best describe maybe the identity of your team there? Yeah, we've definitely improved offensively. We're getting, you know, we're I think it's one of our best scoring teams the last few years. Not quite as good defensively in a consistent fashion. Now, sometimes we are, sometimes we aren't. Uh, but in terms of offensively and to be able to score and shoot the ball, you know, we, we've been able to, to, to definitely, uh, like you say, retool and, and come up with some things. Uh, you know, we got a real bonafide guy, that, a three-point shooter, Will Fitzpatrick, that, you know, you, you're just, you want him to hunt. You're looking for, you're trying to create openings for any way you can, and you feel pretty good about it. If he gets a look, it's got a great chance to go down. Ethan Esposito, I mean, we call him Raging Bull. I mean, he's just, 
he just attacks and attacks and attacks, and he puts you in a, in such a tough spot because he's so physical offensively. Uh, and, you know, he's really matured. He came to us three years ago as a junior college transfer, as a sophomore. was very foul-prone. He's not that anymore. He's done a good job with that. Rice Fowler's been a four-year starter. And, uh, you know, we call him, you know, kind of the Swiss Army knife. You know, he can do a lot of things. And then uh, Christian Terrell is a, a, a young man that, from Sacramento, we've known him since he's a ninth grader. He's a transfer from UC Santa Barbara. And he's lightning in a bottle. He's a tremendous athlete. Uh, you know, he can dunk on you in a second. He can make plays. Um, he, we had him last year sit out and really work on his shooting, and his shooting has really improved, although not at the foul line. <laughs> I don't want to bring that up. We're laughing because how many guys? He's shooting 53% from the field, 41 from three, and he's 27 from the foul line. I mean, Christian, come on, man. Close your eyes. Let's go. You gotta love it. Well, coach, he'll fix that up. He'll fix that up. I'm sure he will. Well, well, coach, we're looking forward to the games this weekend. We're certainly looking forward to the tournament in Boise. I think we both share your sentiments that it is as wide open as it has ever been. So it should be uh, quite the experience when we get to tournament time. But thanks so much for joining us. Uh, We always appreciate your time and uh, best of luck with the rest of your season. Yeah, I really appreciate what you guys do. Uh, Really appreciate support for the Big Sky. I think it's great. And I don't think anybody knows it better than you guys. You guys do a great job with it. So, hey, hopefully uh, we'll see in Boise. And the main thing is let's get that tournament. Uh, Let's get 11 teams up there. Let's let's have the whole tournament. Not have it called off at all for any reason. Games lost, teams lost, all the above. That would be victory in and of itself, I think. No doubt, Coach. Thank you. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Brian Katz, Sacramento State, his team... The reason we're saying tentatively is because Idaho has these COVID issues right now, and Montana State played Idaho, so we don't know if there's contact tracing issues, but nothing uh, official as of right now. But Sacramento Mont- State at Montana State this weekend to wrap up the regular season, and uh, we will tentatively hear from Danny Sprinkle uh, as we move forward uh, with the week as well, Montana State's head coach. But Brian Katz joining us on the Coach's Corner, presented by Opportunity Bank of Montana. Give you a little taste of what's going on the rest of the week, at least as far as what we know, right after this on Nuanas Now. The world may have slowed down, but it didn't stop. If you're back on the road and traveling to Missoula, we invite you to give Missoula's Wingate a try. We love our regular corporate guests and offer fantastic service, great year-round rates, and clean and comfortable rooms that will keep you coming back. While you're here, you can rack up the Wyndham Rewards points for free nights or airline miles. And starting in July, you can release some steam in our newly expanded fitness room. The team at Missoula's Wingate would love to make you feel at home. Everybody's having a good Tuesday. It's a good Tuesday for me because I remember what day it is. That's a rare occasion <laughs> this day and age. I do know when my good buddy Riley Corcoran is in studio with me, Coulter Nuanas, that it is a, either a Monday or a Tuesday. So I got a 50-50 chance of knowing what day it is. Thanks so much for listening in. You're listening to Nuanas now on 1029 ESPN Missoula as well as statewide on SWX Montana Television. If you missed anything in the show... Great show today. A lot of really interesting guests, a lot of diversity to the show. We talked about the big news of the day, twofold. One, Montana added a football game 
for the spring slate on April 17th against Portland State. That'll be a fun one. Cruz basketball team, they got their uh, home finale against Idaho called off because of COVID issues. So no Grizz games this weekend. And the Lady Grizz, one of their two games, at least as of now, against Idaho has also been canceled. So we'll see uh, how this progresses from there. We also uh, heard from J.D. Partain, really cool interview. The Missoula Boxing Club was part of our youth sports segment presented by Pepsi-Cola. We had our Treasure State Stars that we have each and every week. We had a business angle with Justin Angle talking about NFL TV rights and uh, GameStop stock. And then we heard from Brian Katz on our Coach's Corner presented by Opportunity Bank of Montana. He's the head coach at Sac State. They play Montana State uh, this upcoming weekend. If you need a place to watch any of the games, Silver Slipper has 55 TVs for you to watch all the action, whether it's NFL, college, MMA. If you want to watch any of this Big Sky action, if there's any fights coming up, head on down to the Silver Slipper. They have drink specials every day, 20 Kino machines, a liquor store, and Tarantino's Pizza. There's nowhere else you should be watching your favorite team at the Slipper. It's all about great food, tasty drinks, and the urge to have a good time. Stop by the Silver Slipper today and see why it is one of Montana's best-kept secrets. Sean Rainey is going to be joining me tomorrow. What you, you're not going to leave till Boise till after the weekend, right? Uh, well, I mean, I guess we can't really go down there until we can, right? I mean, the, the game's being canceled this weekend. It kind of frees up my weekend a little bit. So my you, pl- you, might, you might actually get to go skiing, huh? I think I'm going. I need to go skiing one time before. Too. Well, shoot, by the time we get back with this weather forecast, might not be any snow left yeah, on the no mountain. Kidding. But, no, I'm planning to go first thing Monday morning so I can get there in time to do the show with you and Boise. Yeah, good, good, good. Well, that'll be fun. Uh, if you haven't heard, Riley and I are headed on the road. We're taking this show on the road. We'll be doing a remote podcast from Boise every weekday next week, Monday through Friday. And we'll also be broadcasting remotely from Indianapolis, Indiana, Friday and Monday of the following week from the NCAA tournament. So that will be really fun to take all the action in live and in person. I've been doing this for a long time. I have covered many women's tournaments. I've never covered a men's tournament. You've never covered I've the I've never oh, been to an NCAA man. tournament live and in person. It is. I wanted, of course, I get to go on the year where there's course, yeah, no people well, there. We'll take you when there's a normal year. <laughs> no but I've won as a fan. And then getting the experience with Grizzly basketball the last couple of years, the best way I can describe it, it's elevated. Like sure. It is just at another level where, give the NCAA credit on this, they make it such an experience. So if you're there and it's, it's top of the line, High class, all of those things. So it'll be a great experience for you. Even though it's going to be weird. You ever been to Indy before? I never have. I've never, never been to been Indy. In, never even been to Indiana. They don't even know what's coming with me. And you <laughs> coming to town. I know that. I went to Iowa once upon a time. Went to Des Moines to watch Montana State play Drake way back in 2012. Oh that was interesting. Well, here's my contest. thing. Grizzly basketball makes the, the their last two years. Yeah. Wichita and Des Moines. Come on, selection committee. I know, right? Why can't <laughs> you get like Spokane or something? That, <laughs> San Diego. That'll be nice. interesting too. Uh, you know, I wonder. The Big Sky right now is, I think, like twenty fourth out of thirty two on Ken Palm. Yep. So actually, not as bad as I might have initially projected. But there is a chance that the Big Sky could get a sixteen this year. I would say this. If any of the top three gets it, I think Eastern, because I, again, you know that me by now, I'm a nerd with this. I would say Eastern is 14, 15 seed. I would yeah. say Southern Utah is 15. Yeah. Weber State's probably a solid 16. If anyone outside the top three wins it, automatic play-in game would be my guess. I just think it would be so intriguing if, uh, I know this, usually a lot of times it's regional, so it, this would be more impactful than a normal year, but I just think it would be fascinating oh. if one of the, either Eastern Washington or Montana or something like that got, had to play Gonzaga. Oh, my God. Well, you know. 
It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.